This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Blood Red channel. I'm joined as always by David Hughes. How are you getting on, mate? I'm very good, thank you, Josh. Very good. Same as ever. Same as ever. Same as ever, mate, yeah. I don't like, I'm not high maintenance, you know, so always just uh, doing all right. Same as every other week then, so how's the wig? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was wondering whether you're going to ask, actually, but yeah, I got to keep it. This is is crucial, insightful information. I I reckon most people turn off after this bit, to be honest. It's a. yeah, it's all right, mate. I'm getting used to it now. It's fallen down a little bit, so it's uh, yeah. I think it's all right. You know, uh, the moth. yeah, it's certainly better than what it was. That doesn't mean in a few weeks' times, and when we see everything starting to open, I won't be going there. You know, first customer getting it sorted out a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I think I, I might be keeping the length though. I've worked hard to get it here. You know, I've gone through some terrible looks over the last two months, so I might keep the length a little bit, just tidy it up on top. Yeah, well, you put in more effort than me. I give up halfway, didn't I? Yeah, um, you went for the skin. I don't know. It, it is growing back, isn't it, now? Yeah, it's getting there, like, but it's still just, you know, not long enough, so they went with. Do you feel like it's um, like it's really grown out all in one go as well, rather than being faded on the sides and growing a little bit slow? It's just kind of... Yeah, it's like going to be one of them, like a, a bit of a sense Alexander-Arnold fade with that. <laughs> a little afron sort of thing. But I can actually do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, Football-wise, anyway. Yeah. Considering yeah. this is a football podcast. <laughs> Debatable. Um, we're going to look at, obviously there's no football yet, but I think we do have a bit of a date, don't we? I think it's in two weeks' time. Maybe a little bit longer. Um, but we're going to look at each of the top six teams, excluding Liverpool, and we're going to pick one player from each club that we think... That that we want we we would want at Liverpool right now if we were Michael Edwards and you could get one you know one pick from each club. Um, I don't know Dave's picks; he doesn't know mine. Um, but also going to throw Everton in there at the end and players outside the top six. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but rather than this just being like you know picking the best player at every single one of these clubs, this is a specific Liverpool angle, looking at the current Liverpool squad. For example, it, it wouldn't make a great deal of sense taking Edison when you have Alisson in goal. It's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a stupid... So, hopefully this is done with a bit of a, you know, squad building perspective on things. Um, Dave, do you want to start? Okay. Do we, do we, just, we, you can we, just, just pick a club. Okay, we'll just go in complete random order, I think. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll start with Tottenham. Just uh, Before, just, before uh, you start, go on, yeah. are you going to say something? I was going to say, how did you find Tottenham? I struggled the most, I think, with Tottenham. Oh, okay. Um, Spurs and Chelsea were the two clubs that I almost found myself not wanting anyone. Um, that sounds a bit high horse, doesn't it, but... Just, just simply because Liverpool's squad's really well built, I think, at the minute. It's finally poised in terms of age and stuff like that. And looking at the Spurs specifically, I just I just weren't sure. I'll, I'll, I'll delve into reasons why, but I'll let you go. Yeah, OK. Um, so I picked a player who 
you know, hasn't hasn't had as maybe a great a time as people had hoped. But I think from a Liverpool point of view, you could see some sort of appeal there for the future. I've gone with Ryan Sessegnon. Um, obviously because he's a twenty-year-old, um, he's officially, I guess you'd say, a left back, but he can play anywhere across the left side. So he's quite uh, he's quite versatile in that sense. And obviously, we know that um, Liverpool could really do with some cover in that position. Um, you know, he's got lightning pace, good work rate, bit of skill as well. The frustration is he, he hasn't really done it in the Premier League yet, but I did look into that a little bit more than. It seems that certainly that year Fulham were up, they, they just didn't kind of play how how it maybe suits him. Um, it seemed like when he was fantastic in that year in the Championship, he was part of a side that dominated most matches. Um, you know, so we saw a lot of touches, a lot of chances to influence the game. Whereas in that season that they come up, Fulham were obviously a below par side and. Uh, defending a lot and maybe just not um, that same kind of style of play where they got lots of touches on the ball. I think his touches actually halved um, from that season of the Championship compared to in the Premier League. When you had that with his age and the fact he's playing tougher players, I think it was really hard to adapt. But obviously Tottenham have then, have then signed him. And uh, again, although he hasn't, he, he didn't play a lot this season. I'm not really sure why. I think injuries played a part, but I still think he's the type of player that could come to the pool and be moulded to potentially be a success um, in a few years' yeah. time. Yeah, to be honest, I, I overlooked Sessegnon. I didn't yeah. actually... Uh, I, I did look at the squad fully, um, but he's a player that I probably should have put more consideration into because I think that's a, that's a good shout, especially considering, you know, we have Nico Williams to an extent coming through as a right-back behind Trent, but as a left-back, we don't really have anyone. Um, we've, we've literally got Robertson, and if Robertson's not playing, it's probably going to be James Milner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a decent shout, and I think he he offers he, he offers that threat in the final third as well. I think he's got a real tendency to find a goal despite playing in defence. So yeah, he was great that year. He got loads, didn't he? Like I'm talking double figures, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think he's similar to Robertson as well in the sense that rather than providing a bit of a crossing threat like Trent does. I think mm. um I think Sessegnon's more inclined to drive towards the byline and get a bit mm. closer to goal and penetrate in behind. That sort of threat. I think it's a bit mm. of a different threat that live up that both Liverpool's fullbacks have got and I think Sessegnon would fit the Robertson mould. Mm. Um so I think the obvious choice was was Son Young Min. Yeah. Um but once I had a bit of a deeper think about it, it, it just it just didn't work for me. I think he's a real club type player, Liverpool type player. Um, I think he's great, but mainly because he's he's currently twenty seven. Mm. So if he was to come to Liverpool, you'd see Liverpool's front three probably remain as they are because I think mm. as good as Son is, I don't think he's as good as Mane or Salah. Um. So Son would be kind of the fourth choice. And as our current front three starts to regress with age, Son would also regress with them. Um, so I don't, I don't really see, you know, how he'd offer, how it would make sense, really. Um, it'd be different if maybe if he was about 24 and he was going to be able to do what, say, for example, what Werner does when he comes, if he comes, whereby, like, he can come in every now and then um, contribute 
but his peak should be experienced as Mane drops off. Um, I didn't think, yeah, so I outed against Son, um, and I ended up going for Deli Alec. Mm. Um, it seems like he's been around forever, but he's still only 24, um, which I, I think is crazy. Um, so he's, he, he, I think crucially with, with Deli Alley, he's got the youth factor on the side, but he's also clearly got an ability to deliver, you know, right now. So he'd be able to be in a title winning team, for example, while also being to give you being able to give you the next five years or so. Uh, but crucially, I think he, he he's really versatile, and we're losing the player this summer, for example, in Adam Lallana, who, you know, he can play in midfield, but he can also play in and around a number 10, potentially even as a false nine. So I think, although there's no real squad place for Deli Ali, considering Firmino and Minamino get a little bit in his way, I just think he's he's that kind of like blank slate type player where he can almost play anywhere. Mm. Uh, and he, to be honest, his profile reminds me a little bit of Wijnaldum's before he came to Liverpool. He was kind of like a a late arrival into the box at Newcastle, wasn't he? And, and PSV, I think it was his other club as well. Was it PSV? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, and yeah. Then, let me just check. I don't want to be getting laughed out here. Anyway, I'll bring it up now while you're chatting. Yeah, I, I just think it'd be interesting to see how Klopp would use a player like Deli Alli. Um, yeah, it was. I, I, yeah, the other one was Feyenoord. I was thinking, I wonder if it was someone else. But yeah, Feyenoord, PSV and then Newcastle. Yeah. Obviously, he's English. He's homegrown. Mm. Really aggressive player. Like the way he's got a bit of, bit of a spike to him. Six foot two. Um, and his best season so far, Premier League only. 18 goals and seven assists. This is his best awesome. season. And he's still only 24. That was three years ago. Um, but he's coming across to me a little bit as in a similar situation to Oxley Chamberlain. In terms of Ox was clearly had a lot of potential under Wenger, but he reached a point where he was kind of... Um, stagnating. yeah, that's the word I'm after, yeah. He weren't getting better, he weren't really getting worse, but he, his development just seemed to stop. Ox seemed to recognise that and come to Liverpool. Obviously, Deli Alli won't be doing anything like that. I, mean, you know, I can't see anything like that happening, but Deli Alli doesn't seem to have progressed in the last year or so as... You know, eighteen goals and seven assists three years ago would su- would have suggested. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, I just think he's he's the type of player who could certainly be of value if he came to Liverpool. Despite Liverpool having a few number ten types and a few midfielders and stuff like that, I still think he'd be be a valuable addition. Yeah, what well, um, forget Liverpool for a minute. What what do you think his kind of best role or position is? I I do like him as kind of a. A number ten type, um, yeah. or a number ten type who kind of becomes a second striker with possession, mm. but becomes closer to a number eight without the ball. I yeah, think he's, yeah. He's, 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 in fact, he's really in that Mourinho mold. To be honest, mm. um, he's in like the Gerard mold when Gerard was used as a ten by Benitez. Um, he seems to have a real tendency of recognising where the ball is going to drop and, and stuff like that. So I do still think he's got loads of potential. I still think he can reach the top of the game, but I'm just not sure how his immediate future is going to, going to pan out at space. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I agree with pretty much all that. Um, 
you know, it does seem like he's stagnated a little bit. But Tottenham's been a, a really difficult place to kind of, um, you know, excel at the moment, hasn't it? I know Son's had a great couple of years, but you think of all the other kind of big names in there, like Kane and stuff, It's it hasn't quite been working out for them. I know injuries have played a part, but they're just... It's just been a tough environment, which is which led to Pochettino obviously losing the job. And even when they got to the Champions League that last season and faced Liverpool, it wasn't really a plain sailing season. Like it wasn't a fantastic campaign. It just that can't seem to very much um, cover up the cracks for only a short space. And I think when 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 a club's in that position, it's really hard for players to excel. Um, I think the problem is now. It, you know, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure that with Mourinho there, it's gonna it's gonna um, it's gonna be any easier. If I'm being brutally honest with you, now I, yeah. I thought if Mourinho was gonna be a success, he had to kind of hit the ground running, and it just felt already there was a lot of like mistakes and murmurs from Tottenham fans, and you know Mourinho doing his kind of complaining in the media, and I just I can't see that one being a long term success. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it works out because I think Mourinho's first full season is usually a decent one. Mm. Um, obviously, he hasn't had a pre-season or anything like that, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. Yeah. Um, so, next, I think I'll go with... I'll go with what, for me, was the easiest. Okay. The easiest, the easiest choice. Uh, Manchester United. Okay. <laughs> so, I went with Marcus Rashford. <laughs> I think he's... I think he's really, really good. People that listen to this show will know that I'm a fan of his. Um, again, he ticks the, the standard recruitment boxes of being English and being homegrown. Still 22 years old. Um, just, you know, for, for context of how young that is, go and have a look at how Sadio Mane was performing at 22. Um, yeah, he's in the wide forward mould that, you know, you yeah, Playing on the right side of Liverpool's front, uh, on the left side of Liverpool's front three, for example, very very fast. Seems really professional as well, which is something I like about him. Um, mm. You look at his physical development since he first got his debut under, I think it was Louis Van Gaal. He's, he's under the radar, turned into quite a monster, I think. Um, full of muscles and stuff like that, and he's very lean. Um, great acceleration and stuff like that, and I, th- I think he's really aggressive as well without the ball quite a keen runner and stuff like that. Wants to run, wants to run in behind. Um, 10 league goals last season, 14 this season, so he's, he's kind of on that upward trajectory. Mm. And for me, he's got every chance to be as good as Mane, if not, I don't want to say it, but if not better, I don't think he will because of the state of United and because of the leadership above him. Because um, I think Mane has obviously had Jurgen Klopp for the past four years, five years, or whatever. Whereas if Rashford stays under Solskjaer or or you know someone of that caliber, it's, it's not on Klopp's level. So it'd be interesting to see how far Rash- Rashford goes. But I, I I think he's a, a really good player, and I think he's he'd be ideal for Klopp's Liverpool at the minute. Yeah, I um, unsurprisingly I went with Rashford myself um, for a lot of the same reasons. You know, he's he's just a fantastic Did player. You also think it was the easiest. Or um, I, I think there's one other player that I thought was just as easy, um, but in, yeah. certainly 
you know, from a United point of view anyway. And I actually do like the United squad, so it wasn't as if like it was just a given, but I just think Rashford is the one player in that team that I think could basically play anywhere, someday at least anyway. He could play for any club in Europe and, and be a success there. I think he's that good. Um, you know, you've already touched on a lot of things. He's he's a really accurate shot taker. I think he's like fifth in the Premier League this season for shot accuracy, which is fairly impressive when you think that he takes around three points, three point two shots per ninety. Um, you know, he's he's fantastic from dead ball situations. I don't know if that was something you touched on then, but it's it's it, you know it's an underrated skill. Um, he's always a threat when when there's free kicks and okay, his penalty rec. I mean, his goal scoring records have been boosted by penalties this year, but at the end of the day, you've still got to dust yourself off and convert them. Um, I think there is something to kind of tilt your hat to that sometimes. Um, but he just seems to he just seems to have everything. He can play through the middle, obviously play out on the left. He's just a fantastic player and. I think United have been really lucky to not have to spend any money to to purchase him. It's, for them to come through the academy is is you know it's, it's it's gold basically. It's it's just really fortunate for them, and he's a player that they can build a, a, the kind of side around for many more years to come. And obviously, he's a local local player as well. I think that always sits well. He's a United fan, and yeah, he's just a he's just a. A, a top top player and as you said as well importantly and we've seen a lot of that especially recently with a lot of the um, the pandemic and other things going on he's a he seems to be a really professional lad you know despite his age you never really see him getting in any sort of bother um, you know any sort of, like making making um, headlines for all the wrong reasons he's just a player I'm, I really like did um, Alvin just did, did Pogba cross your mind at all or no, what he, he did, he, he showed really. I mean, you know, yeah, he did. He's, he's, he, I was going to say he's a fantastic player. Obviously, um, I think some people are quick to try and rubbish him when they can, uh, but no, he, he is a he's a brilliant player. It's just he's had his fitness issues a little bit, and he it, it just always seems to be drama with Pogba as well. Um, and that this isn't necessarily me um, picking at his character. I think he just hasn't got the best people around him. You know, obviously, Raiola's agents and he's he uses mm. the, the press as almost like a puppet for a puppet for them. And he just, it always seems to be drama with Pogba. And I think it can overshadow him when he's not doing it on the pitch. You know, for those moments that he might be a little bit quiet or he might be injured, you can just want him to be the invisible man a little bit. And he, he never is. And I just don't think Liverpool are the type of club that they want to get him embroidered and all that kind of behaviour and that kind of politics. Yeah. The reason I ask is because I think a lot of people would look at Liverpool's squad and the general consensus would probably be they don't have any creativity in in midfield. Mm. Um, so I think if you ask a lot of people this question, rather than saying Rashford, I think they'd probably say either Pogba or Bruno Fernandes. Um, to be honest, I'd said few weeks back I think I can't remember what episode it was but I said that if we if we hadn't signed Naby Keita I actually think we would have been really interested in Bruno as that type of midfielder for us the kind mm-hmm. of alternative option who rather than playing safe is likely to take all kinds of risks on the ball and be really daring in possession um, but obviously we got Naby Keita instead I think Bruno was if, if Rashford wasn't in there Bruno probably would have been my shout um, and Pogba again. He's another. He's another player who 
I would have liked to have seen under Klopp, uh, just to see what Klopp could do with him, whether Klopp could tap into the, you know, the, the, the mental aspects of, of why he's maybe not particularly motivated to play for Man United anymore or, you know, that sort of thing. Because when Klopp yeah. was into he does seem really, really influential. If you look at France in the World Cup, for example, I know everyone always goes back to that, don't he? But he's the type of player that can have a huge impact providing he's committed to the cause. And Klopp's always been really good at getting players to to feel that. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm sticking with Rashford. Yeah. Yeah, same. Same. Um, okay. We'll move on to... Uh, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do Arsenal, which I'm sure will prick the uh, prick the ears of our producer. Um, I don't know, but this is a controversial show by me. But I'm going to try and make the um, make the case for them. I've gone for Martinelli. Um, have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll fill in the blanks then, and then I'll, I'll I'll let you take over. But. Um, I just think he's a really, really exciting player. Um, he's he's only, I'm pretty sure he's, he's still only 18, but he's yeah, already yeah. kind of illustrated him as a really uh, versatile forward. Plays, you know, kind of different positions from on the flanks through the middle, I think. Am I right in saying through the middle a little bit more since Arteta's come in? Um, but yeah, he's, he's very dangerous in around the box. He actually played really well against, Amphi- uh, against Liverpool at Anfield in the cup game, which I'm sure people will remember. Um, but he's a you know really good dribbler, fantastic um, kind of position, and he seems to be one of these players that can just gauge where the ball is going to end up and make sure he's there. Uh, he doesn't seem to need a ton of touches in the box as well. He seems to get shots off quite quick, so he's, he he kind of has those, I guess you'd say like poacher instincts. But um, beyond all that, beyond his abilities on the ball and his attacking capabilities, I think he works really hard. Um, he's kind of a player you could rely on to to lead the press. Um, yeah, and you know I'm sure you'll you'll touch on now. He scored six assists of five. Um, doesn't take a ton of shots, but I thought it was interesting that he has just under one shot assist per game as well. So it shows he's or per ninety. Um, it shows he's fairly creative for those around him. He just seems to be a player that can do a little bit of everything. And to have those numbers at such a, such a, a short, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? At such a young age, sorry, to have those numbers at such a young age, it's it's impressive. And it, it kind of shows that he's on a really good career trajectory. Yeah, um, he was my choice as well. Mm. Re- reason being, I can see him being really, really good in a number of years. Um, as you said, he's still only 18 years old. That is incredibly young. Um, so if you if you see, and, and I think another thing with him as well, rather than necessarily the numbers with him, I think this is almost one of them where you can just kind of see that he's he's got an ability and a quality that is kind of above his, his age bracket. Um, you would think he you would think he's older than 18 basically, mm. and considering his age, you know, just roughly imagine how what he's going to be like when he's 25, for example, which is when a player's peak is supposed to start. Um, yeah. And I think even despite that as well, even despite him not being anywhere near the end the finished product, I actually think if he was to um, back up Liverpool's front three at the minute, I actually think he'd probably offer more than Arigi does, for example. 
I know he's famous for for scoring big goals and providing big moments. But generally, when Origi doesn't score, he contributes really, really little. Doesn't mm. really do much at all. Um, and as I think Martinelli, I think you touched on it there, a real grafter without the ball. Um, I must admit, though, it was it was a, a bit of a tough call. Um, for me, he just edged out um, Saka, mm. Guendouzi and... Maybe a little bit further down was Nicholas Pepe. I know, I know he hasn't improved that much really since since moving to Arsenal. I know he hasn't set the league on fire and like that. But mm. I still think, considering his age and he's, he's left footed as well, you, you don't usually get many left footers that can provide that kind of threat from the right side. So I think he's a useful player to have. Uh, but he's been mismanaged at Arsenal for, the, for me this season. Um, but Martinelli, yeah, he looks he looks mentally strong as well. He looks mentally, you know, dedicated and things. Um, again in that wide forward mould, and he scored ten goals this season in all competitions for Arsenal. That's including domestic cups and things like that. Mm. But yeah, he, I just think considering that he was seven years older, you know, imagine Martinelli in seven years. Yeah, I know. He's uh, I said he is. He, he just seems a really, really good player. Um, where did where did he come from? What's the what's the story? Oh, it was um, you know what? I can't remember. I know it was the, I know it was Brazil, but I can't remember. Yeah, just, 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 go on. I'm just trying to um, trying to find out exactly where he come from. I know it was around. I think it was around six million that he came for though. Yeah, I mean it's a bargain, isn't it? Uh, Utano is it? Utano? Utano? Uh, Corinthians then then Utano if that's the, the correct pronunciation probably made in it but yeah I mean that's a that's a bargain that for for players kind of got that sort of those behaviours and that output already it's it's impressive yeah really exciting players be interesting to see a how far he gets from B mm. um, I'm sure our producer won't like to hear this but whether Arsenal can keep him uh, because. If he if he continues to showcase this this level of potential, and Arsenal mm. don't really climb above their current level, um, you do usually get to a point. Say for example, Sterling when he was at Liverpool and we were kind of going nowhere under Rodgers. Sterling just you know knew he was above us at the end of the day. And if if Arsenal reach a point whereby Aubameyang leaves and and the team become almost a bit reliant on on a, on a twenty year old kid. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if he starts looking elsewhere. Yeah. On, um, just on, um, on Gunduzi, by the way, I just want to flag that. I agree with that. Like, I was doing some analysis this week on potential, like, Gabarman replacements. And again, he, Gunduzi just showed really well. Um, and every time I do any sort of piece like that, he always shows as a, a really good player. Um, I suspect, hopefully, they'll. Him and Arteta probably got over their initial kind of hiccup. Uh, I think he'll go on to be a, a top player um, over the next few years for Arsenal. He's just such a good player. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the only thing that, that you do read about him, that he's, that he's a little bit spiky on the personality side. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you can harness that. It's not really that, that much of a bad trait, really. No, I agree, yeah. Mm. Analyzing Anfield. On the Blood Red Channel. So we'll move on then to we will we'll do Manchester City. Okay. Um 
So I went a little bit outside the box, I suppose you could say, simply by opting against Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. Um, so I went for Leroy Sane. Oh, okay. Um, reason I went for Sane, uh, again, listeners of the podcast will know that I've, I've tried to um, get the message across that Salah is quite a rare profile of player in terms of he, he mixes uh, speed with output with um, a left foot and you don't usually you don't get many of them at all um, most left foot of the tackles that are at the top of the game in Europe right now are either slow or if they are fast they don't really deliver much uh, in terms of goals and assists Salah does and I think Sane is another even though he's been used on on the left side as an actual winger by Guardiola, I actually prefer him as an inside forward type. I think he would he he could easily be a, a bit of an air seller, albeit in a slightly different mould. But still only twenty four years old. Um, I think Salah's now twenty eight. Mm. Um, obviously Sane is the the same nationality as Klopp, which can only help. Um, he can play on both flanks, as I've just mentioned. And I think, crucially, the reason that I opted against De Bruyne, I think De Bruyne is the absolute perfect club midfielder because of how direct he is, how physical, um, just su- such an aggressive game um, overall, the way he uses the ball and things like that. Mm. But he, t- he does turn 29 this month. Um, plus, I think if you were to bring De Bruyne into the current Liverpool team and maybe put him where Henderson plays on the right of the midfield three. I don't know, I'm inclined to think, I don't know what you think of, about this, but perhaps he would hinder um, Trent? Um, potentially, yeah. You know, because a lot of... Similar threats, I think. Yeah, and I think maybe an issue is for De Bruyne in that he, he doesn't carry the same sort of um defensive solidity that maybe Henderson brings. Um, um you know, we know that Liverpool's defence, um Liverpool's midfield is, is is very much about being that kind of steel core for everything else around them to kind of um possess the flare and, and you know create create things in attack. Um I mean the only yeah, issue I, would... I have I'd still just be inclined to have him in the team. I think he's he's just so he's he's so good that He's the type of player that you'd you'd make concessions for. Yeah, if he if he was at Liverpool right now, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Klopp would find a place for him. And mm. um, having said that as well, I don't even think he's that um, that much of a defensive liability. I think he does actually work quite quite well. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's the type of player. Any means, but mm. he's just maybe not as protective as Henderson is. Um, But yeah, I mean, De Bruyne would be the obvious pick. De Bruyne would have been the pick. But considering he's 29, Mm. and we we have Trent, I'm just not sure. I I, I just see maybe a bit more value in in Sane. Um, Sane scored, obviously hasn't played this season, but last season in the Premier League, he scored 10 goals and assisted 11. Mm. So obviously that two-way thing about him where he can... He can score, but he can also create for others, which Mane and Salah are both masters of uh, masters of. So, I think he fits the Liverpool mould. Um, 
sadly, it looks like he's going to Bayern Munich. Don't know who you've picked. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be a shame to see him go there because he's a good player to have in the Premier League. Um, but, I mean, Premier League on Man City's loss is definitely Bayern Munich's game, uh, gain, I should say. Um, so, I mean, I, I had to go with Kevin De Bruyne, in my, in my opinion, because um, I just think... I mean, I was reading an interview today with Grealish and he said, and I'll quote him on it, he said that he, he absolutely has everything and doesn't get enough credit for some of the stuff he produces. He's definitely the best player in the Premier League and up there with the likes of Ronaldo, Messi and Mbappe, in my opinion. Which I think, coming from a player who's played against them and a good player in Grealish, kind of speaks volumes. Um, I think he's one of the only players you can really rival or sometimes even better, Trent, in terms of his goals and chance creation. One one player I do want to touch on, though, rather than going on about De Bruyne. Um, and this is maybe not necessarily just just from a Liverpool point of view um, but I do wonder what a player like Jesus could do in, at Liverpool because I was talking about him today um, I was kind of just having a look at his numbers and he for me is a really good player who's obviously having to play in second fiddle at the moment at City until Aguero goes and he seems to have a bit of everything the only thing he's lacking is is real elite finishing which is obviously a big thing for striker but in terms of his kind of all-round play he's he's a good player and he off the ball is is as hard as hard work as anybody out there certainly as a forward you now he's up there with like a Firmino for me yeah yeah he is and I think I think for some reason there's this weird narrative out there that he's not good enough to to just slot right in as soon as Aguero leaves for, for me he is for me it's, yeah. it's, it's not much of a decision really I think pe- I look, people people look at it and they say you know he's, he's not as good as Aguero City needs someone who's better than that um, so they might have to go and recruit someone else but for me how old is he do you know how old 23 is he? he's 23 for me he is comfortably the Aguero replacement and I, I think if, if Aguero comes out and Jesus comes in you don't get exactly the same game, but I don't think it's it's something to worry about whereby you're looking to the transfer market for the solution. No, I think what well, it is the issue here, I can spell it out here. Um because I agree with that. And I think the only thing he needs to somehow work on is his finishing because la- combined this season and the last his XG is a uh, point three nine. Uh, sorry, point nine three per ninety XG. Post shot XG is 0.81 per 90, but goals are 0.65 per 90. So it just feels like there's a little bit of bad finishing and a little bit of bad luck in there. That's kind of the difference between those two. And if you can just get those numbers a little bit closer, I mean, I think then he's got everything. And, you know, as you say, he's only 23. That could happen in the next year or two where he just becomes a little bit more clinical. Yeah. I think this as well, I'll try and... For, for, for those listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube I should say I'll share this now just to capture a bit of capture what I think on it um, it's to do with you know where Aguero finishes compared to um, Jesus so there can you see that? yeah it's okay. that is Aguero's shots over the course well since 2014 if you look at goals only as you can see, there's a, a decent amount there outside the box. 
they obviously get you off your seat and all the stuff like that. Um, compared to Jesus over the same period, well, not over the same period because I think he arrived after that, but if you look at Jesus' goals only, he's yet to actually score outside the box in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and I think that that is another thing that can just that can impact um, kind of the narrative, I suppose, around a player and whether he's as good as the man he's supposed to be replacing and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think I think Jesus is a decent shouting. If City don't sign a replacement forward, um, and he and he just let Jesus take the reins, I don't think that would suffer much. Would you would you put him in the field card as Mino's role if for you know left retired whatever? Um, I wouldn't. Like, it seems a bit extreme, but you know what? Just if he if if he, if he wasn't there, do you think you could drop him in there and eat and he could do the same job or a job? A job, yes, not the same job. Um, because mm. Firmino's got a natural tendency to like with into midfield basically, um, and kind of provide like a glue in the final third. That's how I kind of describe it. I think Jesus is a bit more on the poaching side, um, less inclined to create space for others and drop into midfield, but maybe more inclined. And Firmino was to put the ball on the back of the net, so I think it would alter the dynamic at Liverpool a little bit. But without the ball, I wouldn't have any issues now in terms of like his, his defensive work rate and stuff like that. Mm. Nice. So who's next? I think it's you, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got um, one one left of the top six, and yeah, again, not not really surprised this one because I've I've spoke about them before on the show, um, but I've gone with I'm from Chelsea. I've gone with Kovacic, um, mm. just because you know there, there was a temptation to go for Kante there, just because um, I think he's a he's he's arguably one of the best midfielders in the world, and. We, we've we've not even discovered that he's probably the best number six, but he can also kind of do a, a job at number eight as well and still be a really good player. Um, but I just think he's he's 29 now, Kovacic has just turned 26, so he's still got a lot of years at, at kind of the top level and he's just a really good player. Uh, I kind of said he'd be a good replacement in the replacement show we did a few weeks ago uh, for Juan Alden. Um, I think you could put him in that position and he'd do a really good job there um, he's not when he's on the ball he's really good on the ball comfortable in tight areas pretty press resistant um, you know he can dribble him out of, dribble out of these tight spaces uh, he, he gets the, works the ball up the pitch um, he seems to link the defence with the attack he has a really really good passing artillery Um He's just a player who seems to have everything. He's, he's quite robust as well. You know, he's he's, he's good in duels. He's he's strong on the ball. Um, he's just a player that seems to have have a lot for me. I know he doesn't do much in terms of goals or um, assists, but I'm not necessarily sure that's what we should be judging him on. Um, and maybe that'll come a little bit more next season. But I think as a player and all-round midfielder, maybe one suited to Liverpool, then I think he, he ticks the boxes. Yeah, I was really close to to picking Kovacic. Um, I did look at Kante, but for me, considering he's twenty nine, um, I must say, although he would, although Klopp would almost certainly find a place for him if he had him 
at his disposal. Mm. I think in terms of signing him, going out your way to buy him, I don't think he has enough attacking traits for for Klopp to be interested in signing him. Klopp always signs players that have some form of attacking qualities. I think Kante is really largely defensive. Um, yeah, so, uh, and, and Kovacic, I did think about it, as I said, but I, I looked at Liverpool's midfield options and just thought that we we maybe had enough. And I think Curtis Jones, do you want a space kept for Curtis Jones? I think, and I think Curtis Jones is inclined to play maybe on the left of a midfield three, which is where Wijnaldum plays mm. and where Kovacic would play. Um, so I just ended up leaning slightly towards uh, Callum Hudson the Doy. Um, but to be honest, looking at the Chelsea squad, it was similar to Spurs in terms of there wasn't anyone really that I was desperate to move. Reese James mm. crossed my mind as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but we've got Trent. So. Yeah, yeah. And because of Trent's age, it's, it's just a position you don't really feel like you need to fill in. As you said, you've got Nico Nico Williams, who's kind of on the cusp of being a reserve right back anyway. Who looks half decent, so it's it just seems pointless, really. Yeah, I think in Hudson Zoy, he would just again meet that need that Liverpool have had for a while of signing a fourth choice attacker, but one who's not on a completely different level to Salah and Mane um, on the flanks. I think Callum Hudson Zoy. He's not on their level yet, but he's got a lot of potential. Still, only nineteen years old. Um, Josh, just quickly, just on the right, it is relevant to the subject. Who, um, who, who would you consider as backups to Salah on, as, as a right side of the attacker? In terms of the transfer market, who could be signed? No, sorry, just in in the squad um, now. I think, I think Shaqiri's that player. Um, even though he's not unlike him at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I'm right in saying Shaqiri's left footed. I'm not sure about that one. But if, if he's not left footed, his position is on the right. Maybe he's been traditionally used as a winger. I'll double check that now. Just while you're doing that, I'll just share this quickly. Um, because the, the Liverpool Echo were doing like a squad depth thing and he just asked us to pull one together on Liverpool. And it... it, it it looks pretty. Um, it looks pretty bare on that right side. Let me just bring it up. Admittedly, Shakiri is more as a midfielder. Um, two seconds. Shakiri is left footed, by the way. Um, hold on a sec. Well, yeah, he, he just doesn't provide the same dynamic that Salah does in terms of the threat in behind and the, the goal threat sort of thing. Can you see that? Okay. Yeah. See yeah, that. so look, if you got Salah and then there isn't really a lot there, is there? You've got Ojo on there, but obviously we know that in the case, Wilson, who's been at Bournemouth, and it's it's a bit bad, isn't it? Yeah, but that, that's, that, I suppose that ties in with sort of what I've been mentioning in terms of um, Salah being quite a rare profile. Um, you'll generally find a lot of wide forwards who want to use the right foot, mm. but the, the ones that use the left there's honestly not many and the ones yeah, that you do yeah. find they're not really performing at an elite standard yet and they maybe don't show enough potential to, to reach that elite standard either so when you come when you come across them they're almost well they're not unicorns but you know they are quite quite rare 
Yeah, it certainly has a, a, a value to them, doesn't it? That's probably what you could say. It certainly has a value there. Yeah, it's definitely well. That's that's one of the perks why you might be able to, you know, add on to the value of uh, Harry Wilson. Um, I must say though, last week I, I had a little look at the YouTube comments last week, and one or one or two, I think it was the top comments or something, disagreed with us regarding okay. our um, summary of Wilson. Have you got any? Response. <laughs> I mean, I, I stood by it at the time, but I mean, I'll I'll check out the comments and maybe if it's if it's something I agree with, I'll address on the next show. But um, I think I the comment like... was along the lines of he is he does have an, enough quality to to perform for Liverpool. It, was, was there any justification? Uh, so, but the, what was the much justification as to why? I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. To be honest, I can't remember. But for me, watching him, he's clearly a decent player, dead ball specialist in my opinion. But I don't know. I just, I just think you need more. You need more to your game if you're gonna, if you're gonna have that role in in a Liverpool team. You know, this is the yeah. team that's won the Premier League this year and the Champions League last year. You need, you need more than, yeah. than Harry Wilson's yeah. got. Sadly, for I me anyway. If you go, if you go back five or six, seven years. Of, of Liverpool squads, then yeah, he, he probably would. He probably would um, make it Liverpool. But the, the you know, it's it, it's both both a beauty and a curse, and that this this Liverpool side is so good that you just have the elite of the elite. Now every Premier League player is an elite player, but you've got to have the real top end players now to be good enough to play in, at, at Liverpool. And yeah, I'm just not. I'm I'm just not sure that. Put it this way, would you? You're talking about the likes of Mbappe's and Sancho, genuinely being players that could come and improve Liverpool. With the greatest respect to Wilson, you don't put them in that bracket, do you? But they're both yeah, players. That's what I mean, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it depends what you what you perceive to be um, what Liverpool could expect, you know, the standard that you have to meet to be Liverpool mm. quality. And for me, that's a high bar. Mm. Um, I'm not sure Wilson meets it, sadly. But just a little bit more on Hudson Odoi. Um, I've mentioned a few times, but again, English homegrown. <laughs> um, but he's a bit more of a dribbler and a creator, I think, than a than a scorer just yet. Um, I think he would need to work on his decision making in the final third. Um, I think he's got a little bit about him that maybe Wilfred Zaha has in terms mm. of doing stuff that doesn't really. Add much, just like nice things that uh, I've said before, haven't I? That when Guardiola spoke to Sterling, he kind of had to say to him that, you know, no matter what you do, listen, the goal is there, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Everything's got to be focused towards getting the ball on the back of that net, otherwise it's, it's almost pointless. I think Hudson Odoi sometimes is prone to just doing things on the ball for the sake of doing things rather than doing things that are going to be effective and efficient. Um, yeah. yeah, one thing I will say though, he's renowned, developing a bit of a reputation for passing into the penalty box. I think he's really good at finding a penalty box with passes, mm. which is, you know, tends to be a difficult thing to do. Whether that's good, being paired up with Firmino, is another story. Maybe he'd be better suited to be playing alongside a, a Jesus type, you know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was my choice. Mm. Nice. So, to add a little bit, what time are we on? So, uh, yeah, I think we, we, can, 
we're on in and around the 45 50 minute mark i think hmm. so just to add a little bit everton dave i'm sure you're going to enjoy this <laughs> what, everton head. <laughs> what everton player would you pick off if you was liverpool what a wonderful question that is for never tell I, I, I did actually think about this and i was like why did i why did i bring this up like why would i want to sit here and try and sell the few talents that Everton have <laughs> to be picked off by Liverpool. But um, I think it was just a good chance to maybe just put some players on the radar of people who maybe wouldn't normally take that much interest on players outside of Liverpool players. And um, just two standout candidates, I think, in this current Everton side. And um, I'll probably go with... I think I'll go with Richarlison. Um, because... Be well... It had to yeah, be, didn't it? Yeah, I think it, for me, he's he's a player who only twenty two. He's a player who can go on and be and a, a truly elite player. Like I'm, I'm talking playing at a massive like a. At this might sound, might make people laugh now, but we'll see in five years' time. I could see him playing at like a Barcelona. I think he could be that good one day. Um, well, deep twenty two, as you said, twenty two young, really, yeah. really young for the top attack of that, and considering already his his record and. In the league, you know, his goal scoring and his assist making, um, yeah. just his general impact. He's doing more than the twenty-two-year-old tends to do. Yeah, I agree totally. And um, you know, he produces brilliant moments. He's the type of player who wins games for you. You know, if, if things aren't going that well, he'll he'll produce some kind of match-winning moments. Uh, he's dangerous with the ball. He's a good goal scorer. Um, you know, we've a theme of this conversation has been talking about players with a really good work rate. Is his well, second to none is extreme, but there's few in the league who, who work as hard as him off the ball. And, you know, traditionally you think of Brazilian players as, take for me, you know, obviously because we know what he's like, but you think of these players who may be a little bit more about, you know, flair and attacking intense and maybe not doing other things without the ball, but he works really hard when he could probably get a buy if he really wanted to in this Edmund side where he offers that much in attack, he might give him a pass a little bit, but... He doesn't. He still pulls his weight. I think. Okay. He, he, if one downside is he's got he's prone to go down quite easily, which is frustrating. But in terms of a character, he's, yeah, I I hate that Michelle. Like, yeah, it's it, it's annoying. You know, nobody wants to see it. But in terms of a character off the pitch and his kind of behaviours, he seems like a nice person as well. And I think he's just an all-around good player. Probably the another player I would have put in the mix if it wasn't Richardson was uh, Luca Digne. Uh, I think he's a he's a he's a top left back as well. He's probably one of the best outside the top six. Yeah, I think one thing I like about Richarlison is he, he doesn't really seem to have very many weaknesses at all. Mm. He seems to be quite complete for a forward. Yeah. Um, really, really good in the air as well for a wide forward. Wide forwards don't tend to be you know aerial threats, but he's yeah. really dominant aerially. Um, yeah, you don't see many. You don't see many. Do you score in the head of Anfield? Um, which is obviously no. what he did this season. Yeah, I don't think he's the, the tallest. I think he's about five ten, but just his leap or whatever it is, his technique, it, it, he's really, really good there, really. Um, yeah, five ten years, yeah. Yeah, I think Lucas Dean, yeah, another good shout. Um, I think he'd provide closer to a threat of Trent than Robertson in yeah. terms of the crossing stuff from deep rather than, you know, the running up and down the flank all day. Yeah, he's not someone that you give the ball and say, you know, run at run on a side, but he's the type of player who you can kind of 
Um, well, you've already said you know, pulling the, yeah, yeah, you know, you put them in that Trent area to swing balls into the box, and when you've got aerial threats like Richarlison or you know Calvert Lewin, and then it can be a, a decent form of attack. Yeah. Uh, so to round off, just players outside the top six and Everton, obviously. Um, I've got I've got two down that I like. Go on. And that, 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 that I think are relatively suited to, to Liverpool's game. Mm. First of all, a player I've mentioned plenty of times, Buendia at Norwich. Uh, I, I'm not even going to elaborate on it because pe- people listening to the show will know why. I've talked about him plenty of times. Uh, but if you're into your data, you will know that he's a real output player. Mm. Uh, delivers beneath the surface and stuff like that. But another player that I like is, is Ishmael Saar at Watford. Mm. Um, he seems to know Sadio Mane, I think, but he seems to have a real, a real engine, lots of stamina, and a really high physical capacity despite being a forward. Um, quite tall, caused Liverpool all kinds of problems when we played them. Obviously, we lost three nil. Um, I don't think he can speak the language yet, either, and he's only twenty two. So, just thinking to myself, once he gets more accustomed to the country, can speak the language. You know, he he could reach a really good level as well. Mm. Yeah, I actually can't. Uh, the one player wanted to flag. You've already flagged there, so uh, I think he's just going to be a really good player. And he's definitely one to watch. Who a lot of people maybe might overlook him. Who who only take you know casual interest in the game, and they might think about those that city they had at Anfield and think he isn't up to much. But oh, he's a really good player. And well, actually, he played quite well, didn't he? Oh, did he know? Did he play in the? Um, the three nil defeat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I'm gonna say, I remember a through pass from Troy Deeney after a throwing. Yeah. And the reason that came off is because the player running in behind onto the through pass was sad. Mm. Uh, so I, I think he scored at least once. Because I, uh, I'm convinced Deeney meant that. By the way, I think they've been working on that. I think we've talked about this on the we, pod. Yeah, we did. We did. What threw me off actually was I remember in the build up when we were recording this show, we were under the impression for that game that Saar wasn't going to play. Um, yeah, yeah, we think we were. Yeah, he actually yeah. scored twice. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what threw me off there actually. Yeah, because he wasn't um, he wasn't meant to play, but obviously he did, and he was brilliant. Well, there we go. Then that kind of reaffirms it. But I think yeah, he's a really good player, um, and he's someone that I think people should be keeping an eye on. Yeah. Uh, we'll round up there then I think so I think maybe we will have one more week of I suppose random topics before we get back to football Um, I've got one or two thoughts on what the episode could be but if if anyone wants us to fit one one last thing in before we get back to the the weekly routine uh, give us a shout and thanks for sticking with us through the, you know, downtime, I suppose. <laughs> uh, hopefully we've been able to provide some context on not only football, but also hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, like, thanks one for joining us, Dave. Cheers, mate. Cheers, everyone. And we will be back next week. Cheers. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.